Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Matthew Jones from Philadelphia. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brenton. Thanks for having me. You uh, you made a comment in the eight week faster freestyle course that we've we've gotten. You mentioned the improvement that you have made in the last year, going from two twenty for a hundred yard swim down to a PB of one twenty two uh, for a hundred yards, a little bit quicker uh, than than where you started. And you said a, a large part of that was from doing going through the catch challenge and then the eight week course. So I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about how you went from two twenty down to one twenty two and. Uh, yeah, and, and how that came about. So what's your what's your background with swimming? Or like, why did you start swimming a, a year ago? Uh, my background is no swimming. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, first 15 years, I was in New Zealand and until I was 25, I was in Australia. So uh, I always grew up with like a pool in my backyard and me and my brother and friends would sort of ride to the river and play in the river. But so I was comfortable with water, but I, I'd never in my life uh, actually swum lengths in a pool. Uh, and so for some reason, I decided I was going to do uh, 70.3 Atlantic City Ironman. And I looked at on the, you know, the stats and it's 1.2 miles. And I thought, hey, I can swim in the pool. I can handle that. And so I just trained the bike and the run. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> and thinking I, I'll just jump in the pool, uh, you know, maybe a month or so before the event and touch up my swimming. And then uh, this was 2020, COVID struck. And so everything was canceled. And so I thought, hey, I've got an extra year. I'll, I'll, I want to do a full line, man. So uh, come January, I decided uh, it's twice the distance. I better revisit my ideas about swimming and uh, <laughs> decided to get in the pool. As I, I live in Philadelphia, so was, uh, January was freezing cold. I had to go to the YMCA. I got in the pool and I could uh, probably barely swim two lengths. <laughs> And I thought I'm in a bit of trouble here, so I better there get organised. There needs to be a warning, like a warning label on I'm and uh, or on triathlon entry forms saying like, "Do not start swinging like <laughs> four weeks out from uh, from your race. You might need a little bit more time." Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a member of the local tri club, and it's, it's very social. And now that I've been through it, it, it amazes me how many people share that attitude. Like, uh, I, I just pick up swimming a little bit here and there, and I'll get it done. I think it's kind of disrespectful to the sport, but it's pretty <laughs> wide, pretty widespread. Yeah, you're certainly not alone in, uh, yeah, in in starting starting late with it. So you, you went to the pool. You was struggling to to sort of go further than than two laps without feeling tired. What was the what was the process like after that? How often were you going to the pool, and what sort of were you following a program, or what did that look like? I, I, I kind of started out just jumping in the pool, I think three times a week and just building my uh, stamina, I guess you could say. I, I, I approached it much like you would say running and cycling where you just do more of it, you get better at it, uh, which which I later discovered is not the case at all. And uh, I just go there each day and I'd maybe add an extra length or something like that and uh, keep building, building, building. But um my, I, I kind of felt like I was hitting a, a road a roadblock. Like um, my, my stamina was getting better, but my pace was just going nowhere, and it just wasn't making any sense to me. So I, I got a some lessons from from the pool staff, and they were not that fantastic. And uh, I, I just kept on going. And then, like I, ch I chatted to this guy in the pool in the lane next to me, and 
it turned out he was from this club and doing the same event, which was uh, Eagle Man 70.3. And he's like, have you heard, heard of this um, effortless podcast, uh, effortless uh, swimming YouTube channel? And I said, I'll give it a look. And I, I'm, a, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I've got lots of time. So I just sort of started devouring your uh, YouTube content and, and watching videos constantly. And and what pace were you at when you roughly when you had that conversation? Where were you stuck at? I, I was around, I would say, two twenty. Uh, like, and so, so the way that I, I sort of approach everything is, I, I have a long term target and I have a short term target, and and my short term target was two minutes. And I thought, hey, if if I can get to two minutes, I'm um, getting somewhere. But I, I just wasn't getting anywhere. Like, I, I think I got it down to two ten, and the, the effort to go from two twenty to two ten just seemed enormous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and 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 so I, I was look at the videos and I'd see like, um, you know, uh, I think Sam Long saying, I'm a pretty lousy swimmer. I do one minute 15 and I'm like, Oh my God, what, what's, what's <laughs> the difference between two ten and one minute 15 that, that I'm not getting. And it was just, it just sort of got incredibly frustrating. And what did you learn from the YouTube videos? What did you pick up that helped you bring the times times down to like, what was it? One forty? uh, where were you? One up uh, down to about two minutes. I think you mentioned there. So yeah, what what was it that you changed? Well, I, I, I think uh, one thing that I picked up was this idea of um, reaching to start with. So um, I, I was very much kind of in, in the, the windmill pattern and, and this mentality that, hey, just um, spin the arms faster and get the cadence going and you'll, you'll swim more. Uh, so you'll swim faster. But at the same time, I'm, I'm even now, one of my focuses is uh, efficiency. So because I have to be able to do the Ironman swim, I uh, I didn't want to burn all my energy fl- t- turning the arms over, and I, I think it did naturally get faster with um, just continually doing it. But I, I was at this stage, I was probably going to the pool four times a week, and it, it was it's just a massive chore. Like I, I loved being on the bike and I loved running, but it was like I hate. I was going to the pool at say five in the morning. I, I hated getting up. I hated going there. I hated it in the pool. I hated the shower after. I just hated everything about swimming. <laughs> and it was just, I just knew it wasn't right. Something had to change. Did it? Did you enjoy it anymore when you started to make your stroke longer and, and reach out? Or was it still a bit of a, a grind? Uh, it, it was definitely still a grind. And and I, I think the, the big difference was the certainly the, the first program I did, which was the, the five-day faster freestyle. Is it five-day faster freestyle? The other uh, catch um, challenge? Yeah, and and that was kind of funny because I, I think it was I didn't know it existed even even though I'd watched a lot of the videos I didn't know such a thing was out there because um, I, I'm the sort of person that I'm I'll do the, the work I have no problems doing the work but when it came to swimming I just didn't know how to do the work and and there was questions like um, hey you do this set at sixty percent do this set at seventy percent and I didn't know what sixty percent or seventy percent well I sort of had one speed and. I I talked to people and I was like, do I go faster by uh, swinging my arms faster? And, and, and I couldn't really get a, a good answer. And, and so I, I was, I think I was complaining to my wife, like, this is really frustrating. I'm going nowhere. Like I, I put in hours in the pool. I'm better off just putting those hours on the bike and making the time up there. And it was like, as some, a lot of people probably know now, Facebook kind of stalks you and, Five minutes later, this this uh, freestyle course starts popping up in my Facebook ads, and I thought, "What's this? I'll, I'll give this a try." And uh, immediately, uh, I, I saw massive returns because um, 
pretty much it was five days and something i think it was two things specific each day to focus on and pretty much everything to focus on was like the opposite of what i was doing so, yeah, so right. everything i was doing was completely wrong that's funny yeah. it's uh <laughs> and so um did you pro progressively see improvements along the way or was it um like or did it stay the same for a while what oh it, it was immediate like um i i think i was hovering by this stage i was hovering around two minutes and but i i completed especially the first probably three days um i, I think i knocked 20 seconds off immediately uh <laughs> and, and, and like because i'm i'm really meticulous with um you know keeping records and so on and uh and I was like, well, this is amazing. He's like <laughs> promising five, was it five seconds in five days? And uh, I was going to give feedback. I thought, no, he's not, no one's going to believe me. <laughs> and and I, so I was really impressed. And um, and so then it kind of knocked that big chunk off. And then uh, as I sort of continued with it, it says five days, but I, I sort of built those exercises into my routine continually. And, and then it sort of kept coming down from there. Do you, were you entering too far out? Is that one of the things that you were doing? And then yes, you got yes. So, so, so now that I've actually, and I've been through the second course, I realized I was kind of treating it like with uh, kit gloves, like, and very delicately, like finding that perfect right. little spot just to slide my fingers in. Uh, and, and, and it's almost like my arm was aquaplaning onto the surface and, um, and, and then the, I think the first exercise was use a, a kickboard and enter it, you know, hold the kickboard at the front of your tip, uh, fingertips and enter behind. And I'm like, this is weird. This is like probably 15 or 20 centimeters sh shorter than what I was doing. Yeah. And it, it was just completely different. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm quite big. I've got like a, a body for swimming. I've been told I'm six foot four. But, uh, and so to, to not reach like that was just, it was, it took a bit of getting used to. Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? The feedback that I get from people who go from what we call overreaching to then entering fingers first and then reaching under the water is it, it sometimes feels wrong because you've got that resistance of the water or that, you know, drag being created as you're reaching forwards in the water. Um, but it's, yeah. So it's kind of counterintuitive. You think, well, this has got to be slower because I'm pushing against that water, but you're actually you get much better like sort of drive and momentum forwards with that with that better entry as you reach forwards in the water because otherwise all of that momentum seems to sort of dissipate when you land on top and you just go downwards so um yeah it's, it's a funny one to to get used to but i think it's good with that kickboard in front because it just forces you you can't uh, can't get it wrong with the kickboard yeah yeah and i think it, and what sort of what ended up doing was um basically reprogramming programming my entire stroke um in the five days where i i kind of i guess it went back to the start but uh in, in, it's like one step back to take about 10 steps forward because then then i could start to do my you know three or four days a week but actually uh have something to work to work on uh so so for mm. example my one thing that i really enjoyed was the when, when you put the hands in you mentioned the bubbles get the bubbles off your hands uh, and so I'd, I'd watch these videos from, uh, say, Lionel Sanders, where his coach is sort of telling him, now you've got to get the feel for the water. And I could never understand, uh, and you know, apparently this is a common problem, understand what feel for the water meant. And especially as I do this longer, you can kind of see these things happen with, with the bubbles. 
so I can I can kind of sense my hands if that makes sense uh, sliding in more now rather than just reaching out and just hoping I did it right and pu- and pulling back. Yeah, it's it's so much more enjoyable when you when you actually know what you should be be doing in there. It's like um, yeah, it's like getting in the car and then just like having no destination, but you know you need to drive. All right, it's just like that's <laughs> what it's like without having any specific things to to work on, but. As soon as you, know, you go through, say, the, the course, the five-day catch challenge, it's like, all right, well, I know I need to get my hand in this way. It's like, okay, well, I know that this first destination I need to get to. And um, did, did you find it more enjoyable with your swimming after knowing what you should be doing there? Did, it, did you start to enjoy going to the pool at all yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I started to, to go with more of a purpose. Uh, so, so I was following a, a training plan for the Ironman, and it, it prescribes X number of swimming, X number of rides, and so on. And I was kind of like, uh, okay, it's three, three one-hour swims. All right, I've chopped off my three hours uh, week complete. But um, I, I started to actually go there and think about like, what am I actually doing in the pool? Uh, and um, and I guess the other thing that sort of came about from this was uh, there's a very good uh, sort of open water coach, uh, John Kenny here. I, I actually went to meet him. One of the problems I have is that I live in the city in Philadelphia and there's no pools. You've got to drive about 45 minutes to an hour to get to a pool. So I decided to, I was really super frustrated. Um, I'm going to go and see this guy. And, and one of the pieces of advice he gave me was to basically cut my, um, lengths right down I, I was doing you know 800 to a thousand without stopping to build the stamina he's like just just keep it to 100 200 maximum you know three four hundred and, and so i could um come back and i would go to the pool with the these the five five day challenge uh you know the the, the activities to do i'd work them into like a, a, a warm-up that i'd do each day and I could spend a hundred yards thinking about, okay, what am I doing with my hand this time? All right, what am I doing with the pool on this one? And and I could isolate it. So it felt like I actually had some sort of structure once I once I'd mm. shortened my reps and um and my swimming really improved with that as well. This podcast is also brought to you by Therabody. Now I've been a big fan of Therabody ever since I started using their products four years ago to help with my recovery after swims. And their latest product is Therabody's revolutionary new Recovery Air Jet Boots. The Recovery Air Jet Boots are the world's most advanced pneumatic compression system ever created. And for years, runners, bikers, and everyone who spends hours on their feet have had to suffer through leg pains and aches after a hard day. Clinically proven treatments like the compression boots pro athletes use have always been out of reach. And the Recovery Air is a groundbreaking pressure massage for everybody, anywhere. With Therabody's exclusive fast flush technology, Recovery Air flushes out metabolic waste more fully and brings back fresh blood to your legs at three times the speed of competitors. Faster cycles means faster recovery, so you don't have to wait for legs to feel great. Therabody's Recovery Air Jet Boots are the first of its kind. They're truly wireless for anywhere, on-the-go recovery, boosting circulation and radically reducing muscle soreness. And thanks to Recovery Air's super intuitive, easy-to-use one-touch controls, recovering faster is a breeze. The reason I like the recovery air is because after a big day of being on my feet from coaching or from running or doing other more leg-based exercises, even after swimming, I find that these work quickly. And Therabody to me is the leading brand in recovery products like this. And they make the products to last, they make them to work. And so they're not these cheap ripoffs that we see uh, some other competitors coming out with. So I'm a huge fan of the product and using the recovery air. 
They also have 250 professional sports teams exclusively use Cerebody products, and they're trusted by world-class athletes like NBA All-Star Paul George, superstar footballer Trent Alexander-Arnold, and champion golfer Colin Morikawa. Sit back, relax, and recover. Go to therabody.com slash effortless to get your Therabody recovery air today, starting at just $699 or as low as $59 a month with Affirm. Plus, with recovery air's 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping, there's no risk. Therabody.com slash effortless. And so before you were just basically going to the pool, swimming continuously for the session, and that was that was it? Was there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so there's no, no intervals? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, uh, I, I mean, I, I was keeping intervals of about a thousand, but like my long swim for the week was basically, oh, how far can I swim in 45 minutes? Or how far can I swim mm. in an hour? And yeah. it was, uh, I look back now and I think it's so silly, like such a waste of time. But <laughs> no, it, nobody was guiding me at the time. Yeah, well, that, look, it's, it's, a, mis- it's a, yeah, a mistake that um, most people will, will do coming into the sport, especially coming from running and riding where it's like, get out there and do, you know, 50k on the bike or something like that or <laughs> yeah, do your yeah. 10k run um so yeah it's a it's, it's a different approach and the the barrier that that uh the people experience there is they go well but if i stop like isn't that but then i won't get as fit it's like well if you're not stopping if you're doing a thousand yards uh, before you have any sort of rest good chance your technique's probably breaking down and mm-hmm. you're going to be swimming worse and training the wrong things as opposed to um, you know, you'll, you'll take 20 seconds rest and your heart rate might come down a little bit. Like that, that's not going to be um, the least of your worries uh, because yeah. your technique is going to be uh, much more important. And so, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I guess on that as well, one, one metric that I was sort of, and I've always tracked is my swolf score um, because I, I'm not so much concerned primarily of how fast I can swim a hundred, but like I want to swim, you know, a longer distance in, in the most amount, least amount of time while conserving energy for a, for a bike and run. So I was, I was concerned of efficiency as well. And once I'd started to do that, corrected my stroke, uh, my swolf was coming right down as well. Uh, and that's even now still coming down, which uh, is, is kind of more, a more important metric for me than uh, how fast I can swim 100 yards. And so your training for a couple of couple of triathlons this season um do you want to talk about the the events that you're training for and then perhaps what uh yeah like what sort of training you're doing at the moment for for those events yep so i'm i'm doing eagle man which is a 70.3 i do that in in june uh that's uh the first major one of the season i guess and then um i have me, me and my friend are sort of doing a challenge together where we're doing a full distance uh, Ironman Maryland in September. Then we're taking a road trip and a week later doing a full distance uh, in Chattanooga in Tennessee. Uh, so two full Ironmans in a, in a week and a 70.3. Plus I've got a few, um, I, I've got an Olympic and I think five sprints thrown in there as well. Plus uh, I'm a trip to Australia for two months. So I'm kind of busy, but my, <laughs> my, my training is... Um, because it's so cold here, I have to go to the, the YMCA and swim. So I, I go down there quite early in the morning. I, I'm sort of playing playing around with times to try and find when the lanes are least busy. Mm. But it, it generally tends to be early in the morning. And once the weather finds up, um, I I tend to ride my bike. So I build the swim into my bike ride. I'll ride for an hour out to this uh, creek. It's called a Creek, but it's actually a river, I think. And uh, they do open water swimming out there. And I was, I was probably swim for an hour out there and then ride home again. I do that probably once a week during the season. 
And then um, my trip to Australia, my parents actually stay on the Gold Coast. And uh, I've been told there's this brand spanking new uh, like aquatic center on, on the broad water across from their place. So I'm, I intend to swim there quite a fair bit as well. So I'm hoping to swim every day while I'm overseas, but at the moment it's about four days a week. Is it, uh, are they at Southport there? Yes, Southport? yes. Yeah, that's a great, great pool. They had the, the Com Games or the, I'm trying to think, I, I think they had the Com Games there. Uh, but yeah, terrific pool. That's where we run clinics when we uh, when we go up to the Gold Coast. And uh, they're usually, a, usually a fair few lanes available as well. So yeah, yeah you'll certainly With COVID, I haven't, I haven't, haven't been able to get back for a while. Yeah, I can so, imagine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to, uh, I, I don't think you can swim in that Broadwater, but um but I'm certainly going to be in that pool. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think they do much swimming in there. I don't know how. Yeah, I, I do try and build in a bit more, <laughs> um, a bit more of the open water stuff because it's it's so much different to the to the lanes. Like, um, uh, I I find the lanes can only get you so far, and then you need that open water as well. Yeah, there is a um, there is a, a club that I've seen a bit on Facebook, and it's like Gold Coast Open Water Swimming club um that seem to go out i don't know a couple times a week at least and uh yep. they could be good to to join oh, as well they swim swim down there on the gold coast so um yeah it could be good to jump in with them looks like there's quite you know several dozen uh, heading out at uh, at a time so there's that nice. and also um phil phil clayton runs a group down at tully creek there so um there's another yeah there's a few sort of open water things that can be done there which which oh, is looked it up i, I grew up to. swimming in Tullabudra Tull creek Oh, did you? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think they're there most most mornings, so you'll be able to um probably fit into fit into something there. Um, oh, great. And in terms of the the eight week course, is there anything in particular that helped you with your technique from from the other aspects of the stroke that we focus on there? Well, yeah, the the eight week course I, I thought was was good to uh, integrate with the plan. So uh, it, it had the activities and, and then it had the plan. Uh, and it, it, it also introduced a few other um, things that I'd, I'd never heard of before, like the, the Serape effect, which <laughs> I, I'm ridiculously uncoordinated, so I don't think I, I really ma- mastered that one particularly well. But um, I, for, for whatever reason, I, I did um, find that, that I was again improving while I was doing it because um, I, I think it, it changed up my my the way that i approached my reps uh and particularly with the timing intervals uh of the plan and so on um and i was sort of discussing it with a friend and i think if i was honest with myself i probably wasn't working as hard as i should have been in the pool and um and i think it, the way that it was laid out it kind of just forced me to push a little bit harder <laughs> yeah well it, i mean it's i think it's hard to work hard in the pool when first of all your intervals are 800 to a thousand each as well because it's just like you just don't get that rest to be able to change change pace and um and with how those workouts are structured with, there's a lot of variable pace where as you said it's like 60 70 80 90 percent like you yeah you're sort of forced to put in a bit more effort and to be more mindful of what what pace you're going do you, do you check your times on the stop clock or on your garmin or anything like that are you uh, looking at your... I, I i use a garmin watch um and I mean, I've sort of had the same watch the whole time. So um, my Garmin files are pretty, you know, getting pretty big now. But uh, yeah, just on what you were saying, it's, um, I mean, for, for me as, a, as a, I consider myself a very new swimmer, 
this, this idea that uh, you can say do a 50 where you swim hard for 50, swim easy for 50, and then swim again is like I didn't even think of something like that um, <laughs> where it was like okay I just belt out a hundred and I'll just have a break and belt out another hundred and have a break and um, so it was it was things like that that I felt really um, really started to make me think about managing my stamina if that makes sense and um, you know when I when I could look ahead and see what the workout was um, I can sort of okay I've got it hundred percent to divide between between this and i think i think that's what um really built it and and coincidentally i'd been trying to get faster at running and i was building in speed work at, into my runs and then i i sort of started to think well why why can't this principle work in swimming as well and hmm. then i started to apply that with and when i say apply i mean really sort of just push myself a bit harder in swimming and then my time started to come down again mm. yeah really just that simple stuff, it really in- increases your, like your swimming IQ where you be, you just, I think you first of all realize how little you knew when you first started and then you realize <laughs> how much there is to, to learn. But then it just, it, it gives you this knowledge where you, yeah, you can sort of just pull, pull on these different things that you've, you've learned along the way. And then you can discover where you can find more speed, whether it be through technique, whether it be through training a bit differently or, maybe putting in a bit more effort here and there. And um, yeah, it's just like, but it's, you're just not going to know that stuff um, when you first, first start. So, I mean, being a year into it or maybe a little bit more now, it's, um, it's good to see you becoming familiar with how elite swimmers will, will train Mm. and some of those technical things that the people will get taught in a squad as, as a kid or as a teenager, which, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to get as an adult. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good point. You can because you can really tell the difference. I think generally speaking in triathlon between somebody that swam in high school and somebody that didn't, and um, just just on those those points that you mentioned, it's like, like another example it reminded me is this uh, the power diamond activity from the catch challenge. Um, I kind of did it. Oh, um, Brenton showed us this. We do this. I'm um, doing it. I kind of feel stupid going up and down the pool <laughs> doing this. I, I get it. This is where my hands are meant to be. Uh, and then later on, I, our triathlon club actually organized a swim session with a, uh, a coach that has an infinite pool, infinity pool. And uh, he, he pointed out one of my problems was I was generating all my power from my shoulders and not engaging my lats correctly and, and had me engaging my lats. And so then when I came to do the eight week challenge, I faced this power diamond again and uh, I do the power diamond and suddenly I realized, Hey, I can move my shoulders in this power diamond <laughs> uh, and actually engage the ladder, lat position with the power diamond. And suddenly it was like a light bulb goes off. So when I, I do the, uh, the catch and pull, it's just like, I'd done the YMCA. That's one of my favorites, but it's like this whole process just suddenly just made so much more sense. Uh, and, and this one isolated thing that I do, uh, it sort of just it was a jigsaw piece that just clicked into place. So before you were in that power diamond phase, which for those listening is when you're going through the catch in the pool and your hands about to, well, it's underneath your shoulder. It's, so it's, you know, it's about halfway through the pool. Um, your shoulders were sort of up here near your ears, were they? Like they're yes, too much yes. Up so here. I wasn't yeah. in, in the correct position. Gotcha. So I had to drop yeah. them to get to the to the lats, so that I could then is a sec, is it called the pull to go to go through? Yeah, sort of the big. Yeah, it's the beginning of the 
beginning of the pull. It's that first phase of the, the pull. Um, and, it, and it's that part of the stroke during the power diamond where the, the most force is, is applied. It's, it's through that part of the stroke. And so if your shoulders are up near your ears, like you're hunching your shoulders, like you are saying, it's, you're using your upper traps more and, you, and sometimes through the front of the shoulder as well if you're rolling the shoulder forwards rather than the lats and those stronger muscles around your, or, you know, around your shoulders. So um, that's a good, it, it's a good uh, distinction to, to make there. And there's a lot going on through those different parts of the stroke. And a question I get a lot in, in clinics is like, where should my shoulder be when I'm reaching forwards and then going through the catch and then, and then here. And it's like, well, it's, it's so much to think about that. Um, okay. You could probably think about it in the YMCA. You could probably you know, make those changes with your shoulders, but you want to make sure the shoulders are still relaxed and they're still moving. They'll come forwards when you're reaching. They'll still be a bit forwards as you go through the catch, but then they'll make their way down as you go through the, the power diamond. Um, so it's like, it's, I find it, sometimes a bit of a challenge to all right, how much can you simplify this um, <laughs> while still explaining what needs to, to happen. So that's a really, it's quite a, um, yeah, quite a, um, like it's, it's, it's quite an interesting observation to, to make. And it's a great one that he, he picked up on it. And what did you notice when you made that change? What did it feel like for you? It, well, again, uh, what another part that it sort of fixed up was, um, uh, like I think I was bringing my arm too too wide uh, for, for the pull. So so when I mm. bring my lat, it gets my sort of brings my arm closer. So I think I think you call it in your videos you call it tracing the body. Mm. So um, I, I was too far wide, and when you go back to the lat, you can bring the hand much closer to the body and and, and trace the body, and and it was it's sort of like this, uh, like it, it was kind of an epiphany for me in that when I looked at my results, uh, a lot of my fastest times, like I don't mean my fastest, but like my top 10, seven of my top 10 would be like in my warmups rather than my sets. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was like an epiphany that um, I realized when I was the most relaxed um, and not trying to force things was when I was swimming the fastest. And, um, mm. and so when I, when I, this power diamond, I can, it's kind of like relaxing the shoulders into that position and, and I, I think I was spending too much time just trying to force the position and, and uh, force corrections and force my hand through when it's actually kind of a, a very natural sort of movement once you get used to it. And it's kind of like slow down to speed up. And, and I think that made the, all the difference. Do you think, do you feel like you were trying to continue the high elbow further than further past that position? Like were you trying to have a, like a high elbow catch, but keep it through to the power diamond and, and further through there yeah i i think that's a good observation yes it's yes because yeah, i see it quite a quite a bit that sometimes we're so focused on getting a good catch out the front that we want to try and hold that catch but you know all the way through the through the stroke under the water and that's where yeah. you, people end up really wide but it but it, once you've got that catch let it go because you've got to let the hand come in and the elbow will actually sort of drop a bit like to to move back inwards um, and that's so it moves in a more natural position. So it's it's a really, really common one when people are hyper focused on the on the catch. So yeah, yeah there's a lot and, of moving pieces there, isn't it? Yeah, because because when I started, I, I'd, I'd never heard of high elbow before, and it, that was kind of a novelty for me. And I was like obsessed with high elbow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> just just step back a little bit from that. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, I mean when you when you're thinking about the stuff, a lot of it it's 
you're very conscious of it. And so it can be, you know, um, not feel that natural or, or fluent. And, but then after a while, you, you can then just allow it to be a bit more subconscious. So you can just swim and it's, it's happening without you needing to think too much about it. And that's when I think you start to move a little bit more naturally through the stroke. Um, but yeah, when you're learning something new, it's always that um, those conscious movements aren't, uh, aren't the most natural or the, they don't feel the best. But uh, sometimes you just got to go, go through that to, to get to that point where you can do it without thinking much about it. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and looking forwards, what, uh, what excites you about your, your swimming over the next couple of, couple of months? What are you aiming to achieve in terms of pace or, or perhaps how you'd like to, to feel or you know, where would you like your stroke to get to? Well, I, I think now because I, I did uh, Ironman Florida last year, uh, which was probably the worst uh, swim I've ever done in, in terms of quality of swim. Uh, I, had a, I had a DNF rate of, I think it was 23%, and I survived. Uh, so my, my stamina is, I, I have no problems with my stamina. Like, that was always one of my concerns is like, oh, can I finish the swim? Uh, I, I'm 100% confident I can finish the swim now. So I, I'm, I'm trying to sort of, I have sort of two figures. One is like my fastest 100, and one is what I'd call my, say, iron distance 100 and i want to kind of bring those two closer together yeah nice and so do you have a, a pace in mind that you're looking to get down to well my i mean for the same with florida I, I, that was in september last year i was swimming at about one and a half hours for the 2.4 miles uh i ended up it ended up taking me two hours and ten because of the conditions but mm. um I, I i kind of feel one and a half now is my minimum um I certainly want to go under that. Um, Eagle Man, I swam 40 minutes last year. Um, and so I, I want to get that down closer to probably 33. I, I think I can do 33 this year. But um, I, I, I probably, long distance, I'm looking at around 1 minute 35 uh, per 100 for the Ironman. Yeah, fantastic. Is it per 100 yards? Per 100, 100 yards, yeah. Yeah. I think that would that would get me about an hour and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be about right. Yeah, um, one hour would, or one twenty. Well, that'd be uh, that'd be a good good achievement, especially from starting out at your two twenties and uh, down to down to <laughs> that'd be a, a great result. So, um, any any final thoughts before we uh, finish up the podcast here? Uh, no, I mean the only thing I would say is um, it's. <laughs> watch and learn like uh to be honest pretty much everything i know 90 percent of what i know from swimming is from watching uh your youtube channel and your your courses and uh because i i don't have really access to coaches and and so on but um it's like i understand i try and understand why i do things and i i think it's there if you if you want to do it yeah it's um i find the same like i for me you know i've swum since i was young so i'm most of this stuff is somewhat natural, but I you know, still have to think about technique. But for me, that uh, the learning for me is in, in surfing. That doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. But there's you know there's some coaches there that I'll listen to, and it's um yeah it's just a, it's, it's great when you get some information that that makes a difference. You feel the difference, and just and for me, it's like all right, I want to I want to keep getting better at this. I want to keep learning more, and um and it's it's just so much fun when you um. Yeah, you know, when you understand like yeah why why you're doing something and then um and then what the you know what the elites or what the pros are 
pros are doing and um, trying to work to towards that. So it's um, yeah, it just it makes it a lot more enjoyable than just getting in the car and driving around the blocks several times. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I think as well, I, I had a rookie common rookie mistake, and then I, I used to, for lack of a better term, disrespect swimming, uh, take it for granted in some <laughs> some ways, and and so when you realize how technical it is and how much you have to learn, uh, you, you get a much greater respect for it. And it, and it, yeah. it's the sort of thing, if you put in the work, uh, you get the reward as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You certainly appreciate when you watch someone like, um, like Florian Welbrock, who I did a video on recently or, or Dan Smith, like it gives you great appreciation for the swimmers that can swim like that, because as, as much as it looks like, it's just like, Oh, that looks pretty easy. Um, yeah. you, <laughs> you certainly understand that uh, it's not, and it takes a bit of bit of work to get there. So, um, yeah, Matthew, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast and uh, and sharing your experience over the last year or so. And um, good luck for those races and that back to back iron man. That'll be a lot of fun. I look forward to hearing how you go. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.